Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. everyone to RB1 Colin Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Fake Teams. Happy Halloween, everyone! Even though you'll be listening to this the day after Halloween, I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined as always by Just Clark Barnes. And we have a special guest on the podcast, you guys. It's Captain America, Steve Rogers, the man, the myth, the legend, the man who has saved uh, the world countless times. Steve, how are you? Uh, you know, happy to be here and on the podcast with a fellow Rogers. I haven't seen my family in quite some time. I know you've been really missing been, the reunions. I, I, it's been decades. It's been <laughs> literally, literally. We all thought you died during World War. What was that? Two? <laughs> when yep, did we fight World the War Nazis? <laughs> Punching Nazis. Punching Nazis. And now you're back. Wow. And we don't ask any questions about how you survived that long and you look this great. So it's all just we chalk it up to science. Of a great skincare routine. <laughs> um, as always, we are here to talk uh, week eight or week nine. Excuse me. Week nine starts and sits. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, I want to quickly touch on the NFL trade deadline. Since both of your guys' teams were involved in this, uh, Clark, we'll start with you. The Texans traded for Demarius Thomas in hopes to, I guess, kind of replace Will Fuller, even though they're both very different receivers. But uh, your feelings. So I feel like Demarius Thomas was good for two seasons with maybe the best quarterback we've ever seen play the game. And since then has looked not good. Uh, but we don't need a ton opposite of DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm torn between I've been railing against this player for four years saying that he's not really that great versus like I want him to be good because now he's on my team. Right. So I think it's going to be a good move for the Texans. I mean, anytime you can trade a fourth for a starter in the NFL, even if it's for eight games, like, you have no idea that that fourth round pick's going to turn into anything. So I think it's fine what they gave up. I just, yeah. Maybe it lets Kiki QD stay in the slot which is where I want him to play. So I'm going to be optimistic. Perfect. So there's there's a, there's a, a winning takeaway to take away. Perfect. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Well done. Well done, sir. Uh, Jordan, your Packers seemingly kind of were having a, not a fire sale, but I was surprised at how many people they were getting rid of uh, for a team that doesn't seem to be too, too much out of playoff contention. They traded HaHa Clinton Dix to the team from Washington and Ty Montgomery to the Ravens. What are your feelings on those moves? Um, I love shipping out Ty Montgomery because that definitely frees up some more carries for Aaron Jones. They promoted yes. somebody off the practice squad as a running back, but he is probably just going to be a break glass in case of emergency type of back. Um, and yeah, Ty Montgomery was moved for a seventh round pick in 2020. Uh, they literally were just trying to move at the behest of the veterans in the locker room. And honestly, they just didn't want him there um, on the Packers anymore because they basically gave him away for a loaf of bread. I'm surprised um, they let him fly back with the team. 
yeah their performance in LA. It was it was tough. Oh, there she goes. Oh, <laughs> oh dude, oh, oh, oh. guys, stop the podcast. We just saw a Becca sighting for the first time in podcast history. Uh, she is real. Uh, yeah, the, I love the move for Ty Montgomery because he goes to, and, and I talked about this when we were saying like, here are players we want to see get traded. I had Aaron Jones going to the Baltimore Ravens because the Baltimore Ravens love running the football but have no one to successfully carry the ball. And Ty Montgomery, while the scapegoat for, for the Packers this last week, has shown flashes of being pretty elusive out of the backfield. Um, he was definitely he did so last year when he was kind of that part-time running back role. I don't know how the Ravens are going to use him, but I do think that this is a, a good change of you know change of uh, scenery and gives the Ravens a, a weapon to put in their backfield for a team that loves to run the football and yet hasn't had much success doing so. Yeah, I think again, this is probably just a save the Packers from themselves type yeah. of deal and split. I mean. Ty Montgomery did get six snaps on Sunday, so he wasn't even in the game a lot, but let's give those remaining four snaps to Aaron Jones and maybe one or two of those to Jamal Williams. Just divvy those up because more opportunities for Aaron Jones. He's literally by DVOA if he had played like a sufficient amount of games is like the up there with Kareem Hunt and the top two running backs uh, based on efficiency. So just... Give him the ball. On the other side, the haha Clinton Dix trade is a little bit more perplexing to me um, because safety has been a struggling position for the Packers defense over the course of the year. And you're kind of like, what's the contingency plan? Um, some people are thinking maybe Tremont Williams goes back to play safety because he played a little bit of safety when he and Mike Pettin were both in Cleveland or perhaps Bashad Breland um, hasn't been listed as active yet because they're trying to get him up to speed on playing safety as well. Um, yeah. Packers defense is a little bit suspect right now. We'll see. So I have sources that have informed me. This. Clark uh, trying to out outsource Jordan. No, no, just, you know, I have sources too. Uh, Look, I'm, I'm, so, as the host, I'm here to stir up controversy. It we are not exciting podcasting. We are not a sports yelling program. <laughs> Clark has a few cocktails before. <laughs> okay. So they traded Aha Clinton Dix for a fourth. And my understanding is that if he'd left in free agency, they would have they would have received a fourth round compensatory pick for him. So they traded him essentially to move up like a dozen spots in the fourth round and not have him for the rest of the year. Is that right? I mean I feel like I, that's I feel like that's right. I think they would have gotten less than a fourth comp pick. I think they would have gotten somewhere in like the fifth round. So it would have been, I think at least a fifth. Right. Right. So they moved up around around for, yeah. What do you do? do? Right. That's the thing. I just, it's such an interesting move for the Packers who feel like they're not out of playoff contention. And so Rogers is alive. The Packers are contenders for the Super Bowl. What are you doing? Right. It seems weird that they were kind of sellers, especially Ha Clinton Dix at the deadline. Ty Montgomery, we all understand, even though Mike McCarthy's going to find a way to take this practice squad guy and give him five touches to uh, Aaron Jones's three. I think there can be guys on the defense that provide just as much production as Ha Ha Clinton Dix. I know he's had a few interceptions this year, but. I don't know. I largely feel like those are right place, right time interceptions. That's and right. for the most part, haha, Clinton Dix isn't in the right place at the right time. So 
I have to we'll say, see. Jordan, I'm pretty impressed at your ability to to read your notes with that Captain America mask on. I feel like I, I, it would hinder my vision way too much. I can see myself in the camera here, and it looks like I just have dark Batman-like <laughs> circles around yeah, my eyes. But it looks like you're it, wearing like lenses. It actually does have pretty good peripheral sight. <laughs> so, so for all the parents out there, safe costume. Yeah, a great costume for all those who are going to be listening to post post Halloween. Um, all right, before we get into our picks, let's quickly do a lock recap from last week. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. Uh, didn't put a lot of prep into this show. I had other things slash watching an excellent episode of Bob's Burgers. Um, so you're going to have to guys help me with what your locks were last week. Uh, I do know. I correctly locked up Adrian Peterson, getting you 15 PPR points against the Giants who had just traded away their best run stuffer. So Pete Rogers on a winning streak, three and six now. Uh, and I also know that Nicholas stayed stayed winless because Philip Lindsay was not a top 10 running back this week. He ended up, I believe, 12th or 13th. Um, so <laughs> Nicholas, be better. Clark, your, <laughs> your luck was Brock Osweiler getting so- sacked seven times, right? At least four times. At, at least four times. And did that happen? I didn't watch the game. No. Okay. So uh, Clark is, that's another loss for Clark. So you're now two and 10. And Jordan, you and Brandon Cooks doing something great, but I don't know what your, I can't remember what your final stats numbers were that you were assigning to him. Yeah, I I think, I mean, he had around 11 PPR points, but I definitely estimated that he would have more than that. He had okay. three catches for 74 yards because uh, my boy Jair Alexander just really just shut him up. down. That was I was he talking with. Up. Yeah, I was talking with Becca about that because she was like, maybe the Packers just have a lot of faith in their young secondary. And I was like, sure, maybe Jair Alexander is legit. That dude looks awesome. Um, yeah, so that was, he looks he looks super good. Uh, so that was a loss for you then, Jordan. So you're at two and three, no longer 50%. So I am top of the game with three wins. What up? Oh, my God. Got to keep this win streak going. Uh, all right. So let's move right in then to the week nine starts and sits. And we were, I almost said starts and shits because we start with the shit shows. So let's just get right into them. Jordan, we'll start with you. We'll start with the New York Jets in Miami to take on the Dolphins. Who do you got? So this one is a sneaky one. I don't know if I can necessarily call him a start, but I really want to talk about this player. Um, I, I'm calling him more of a keep an eye on this player. Um, so it's Deontay Burnett, who was nearly or newly called up to the Jets active roster. He was a college teammate of Sam Darnold, um, and he's a shifty receiver. And honestly, I just believe that he was poorly evaluated by the Tennessee Titans in the offseason because that's the team that he got cut from. And of course, they don't know how to properly utilize their wide receivers anyway. We've all seen that over the course of the season. Um, Quincy Anunma and Robbie Anderson both didn't practice uh, today being Wednesday, Halloween. Um, so there's still a chance that they might not be able to suit up. And um, last week, Burnett caught four targets for 61 yards. Um with a heavy bye week coming up, we're losing some good wide receivers to be able to plug in. I know I'm desperate for a wide receiver play. Uh, he might be worth a glance at some deeper leagues. Uh, Sam Darnold already trusts this guy since they go all the way back to their USC days. And it could be interesting since now he's starting to get more and more reps with his old quarterback. 
Wow. You can tell Jordan's fandom for the Jets has gotten legit when he's talking about how this practice squad receiver that got cut by the Titans and just called up on the active roster is teammates with Sam Darnold. And that's going to you. They're going to utilize that chemistry to become have success. That is a that's some legit deep diving there by by Captain America. You know what I liked? I liked his game tape, you know, during the offseason in the beginning. I thought he was actually going to be one of those players to really catch on. I think he's kind of like a Kiki QT type of receiver. So um, we'll see if he can continue to build on his success. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone else who like particularly jumps off the page for this game. So if you want a sneaky start, that seems like there's a reason this is in the shit shows. That's another part of it. <laughs> yeah, there's not really, not really talk, fun to talk about. Clark, do you have anything to contribute or should we just mosey on down the lane? Looks like Brock Osweiler starting again for the Dolphins. So The Brocket ship will never die. I'm going on a trip on my little Brocket ship. <laughs> That's the anthem. That's what he walks out to, like a pitcher, a starting pitcher when he walks onto the field. Um, let's move on then to the Tennessee Titans heading to Dallas to take on the uh, Dallas Cowboys. The Amari Cooper-led Dallas Cowboys now. Not that you can expect anything exciting out of them. Guys, I want to first start off by saying that this is your Monday night matchup. I mean, good Lord, could we ask for a better Monday night game? It would be nice to get to bed early. <laughs> be nice to nice to get a little sleep. Uh, my my play for this game is sit Corey Davis. And for all of those, oh, Pete, that's an obvious pick. Uh, it's bye week again. And, and Jordan alluded to this, like, everybody is out this week y'all desperately looking for a receiver to start and especially if you have a three receiver league um you're gonna be sitting saturday night you got a couple drinks in you you're gonna be scrolling through your lineup and you're gonna be like you know what i bet Corey davis could get me 10 points this week don't do it don't even think about putting him in your lineup if you really need to start someone that'll just waste space on your lineup start mike williams jordy nelson cole beasley all those guys are averaging more points per game than than Davis. Or start Jordan's guy, uh, Deontay Burnett. And that's definitely not what his name was, but sounded like it. Uh, so it's a clear play. It's another thing where it's also just like, who else are you starting in this game? There's a reason this game's in the shit show. It's because it's a shit show. So don't don't think that Corey Davis is going to have some surprising reclamation game. Uh, he's not. He's not. He sucks. Yeah, I looked into picking up Corey Davis, and then I just thought better. I'm like, eh, screw it. I would rather ride or die with Sammy Watkins or a Chris Godwin or uh, and, that, and Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Sammy Watkins has been paying off like dividends. I hope, I hope Clark, you've been holding on to him for this long because you, you, all of your uh, offseason hype has been has been paying out recently. I don't want to talk about it. I was outbid by $65 to uh, reclaim Sammy. $65? Ooh, him. It's Dude. a $1,000 fab. I bid oh. $140 and didn't get him. Damn. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Uh, well, then, instead of talking about Sammy Watkins, Clark, let's just turn to you and let's talk about the Chicago Bears taking on the Buffalo Bills uh, in a game that Nathan Peterman is playing in slash Derek Anderson slash they just signed Matt Barkley. So who knows who's playing quarterback for this team against a, a pretty solid Bears defense? Yeah, so you hear the news that Peterman is starting for the Bills and you rush out to see who the Bills are playing to see if that opposing defense is available on your waiver wire. Unfortunately, the Bears are likely not available on your waiver wire. So kudos to you if you've been playing the Bears. This guy. Uh, my my semi sneaky start uh, 
the guy who's been up and down is Jordan Howard. I just don't feel like the Bills are going to really compete in this one. So even though uh, Tariq Cohen's been blowing up, I, I feel like Jordan Howard's going to have a solid game for you here. Uh, I don't want really anything to do with anyone in Buffalo. Yeah, no, God, no, God, no. Are you kidding? Oh, no. Um, I like the Jordan Howard. I mean, I, I, I we on on this podcast all very much believe in the speak a good game into existence. Um, and as a Jordan Howard owner who has three running backs on a bye this week, yeah, I could do with a good game out of Jordan Howard. Just something to show us that you know you are a solid running back who can provide fantasy relevance. Every once in a while. That'd well, be- he is. He is a solid running back. But uh, Matt Nagy learned a, a very important lesson from Andy Reid, which is you inexplicably stop playing your good running back for a long stretch of the season each year. It's true. It is a time. It's a time old uh, uh, Andy Reid tradition. Yeah. Uh, just around the Thanksgiving time. I wonder if that has correlation. I wonder if he uh, something to do about Thanksgiving, eating lots of food and uh, benching oh, your starting running back. It's fact. Yeah, that, there's a definitely a correlation there. We'll dive into that uh, at some point in the offseason. Uh, the final shit show this week, uh, we have the Oakland Raiders taking on the San Francisco 49ers for, I guess, some sort of battle of California. But let's be honest, neither of those teams matter in California anymore. It's all the Rams. Uh, in this game, I my pick, my play is start Jalen Richard. I know Doug Martin led the backfield last week, but uh, Dougie don't catch passes. And Richard's been a top 30 back three straight games and a six or more receptions in the last five um, so far. Uh, and the 49ers defense is not been great at, gets, at stopping uh, pass catching running backs. They have allowed the eighth most receptions to uh, running backs and the third most touchdowns to running backs through the air. So I think Jalen Richard is someone who the who's going to help fill in for that kind of missing Amari Cooper receptions and and kind of have a good role and is getting a pretty favorable matchup. So if you're going to play someone from this game, he's someone who I think you could start and and get some pretty good, maybe decent flex value out of. Yeah, for the Raiders, it's like Amari Cooper's gone. There's Jordy, uh, there's Jared Cook. For whatever reason, Brandon LaFell was getting more targets. Than Did anyone Martin realize that Brandon LaFell was on the Raiders? I, no idea. Did like I saw the NFL tweet something, and they were like, they're like, Derek Carr throws to Sweet Feet LaFell or whatever his Twitter handle in is. I was like, what the fuck? When when did Brandon LaFell join the Raiders? They're just literally trying to accumulate the oldest receivers possible and put them all on the field. Classic John Gruden. Super work, John. All right. Well, there's your shit shows. Obviously, there's a reason why they're there. Lots to talk about. Uh, Let's move on to the If I'm Bored games of the week, and we'll start with uh, another one of the teams that I'm talking about. We'll talk Clark's Houston Texans taking on the Denver Broncos. Um, And actually, this game... I could have talked myself into this game being a, uh, it could be a good game. If not for just the storyline of Demarius Thomas going up against the team that he just got traded from. So a little, uh, maybe a little rivalry, little payback, little showtime. Plus Houston, Texas offense has been looking pretty legit recently. And I'm always down for a Deshaun Watson outing, but my start for this week is Cortland Sutton for this game. Cortland Sutton. Demarius Thomas is now oot. We talked about it. Uh, so that's set. He, he was averaging seven targets per game. That's all freed up now, and Sutton's going to take it over. I really have no reason for why. I have been like broadcasting Sutton on every kind of multimedia platform that I have contacts on. Um, I have no reason for my Sutton love. I've just bought a hill, built a house on it, and now I'm going to live on there until ghosts or Michael Myers scare me out of my house and off the hill. So... With that being said, I'm pouring myself a glass of Lock of Wool. 
neat, of course. Uh, and I'm locking this up. Sutton's going to get you 10 standard points this week, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's more than he's ever produced so far this season. He's going to be a solid flex option, uh, and I'm going to keep the winning streak alive! Uh, yeah, coincidentally, that hill that you built your house on runs right by Narrative Street, and I think the Broncos are just going to want to prove a little bit like, hey, we we shipped off Demarius Thomas for a reason, and we're going to make sure that uh, Corlin Sutton gets every opportunity to prove that you know, he's going to be the number one outside guy for them going forward. I think this is going to be a prove-it game on both sides. I could see the Broncos being like, all right, Cortland Sutton, this is why we got rid of Demarius Thomas. And on the flip side, the Texans being like, hey, we got Demarius Thomas for a reason, and here's why. I'll be curious to see how it plays out. This could actually fall into that this will be a good game. Yeah, two evenly matched teams. They're both not very good. Uh, so we could have uh, a competitive one here. Yeah. Could be exciting. Could be fun to watch. Uh, I only have one other game in the if I'm boards, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs at Cleveland. This game probably would have been a lot more exciting if uh, if the Browns were decent, but they're not. That being said, it's our first look at podcast favorite, the chef, Freddie Kitchens, uh, running the offense for Cleveland. So we'll see how Baker Mayfield looks. But uh, is this Browns defense really going to slow down the Kansas Chiefs offense? Mm, probably not. So, Jordan, who do you like in this game? Uh, yeah, let's take another stroll down Narrative Street. Oh, I'm going with uh, David and Joku, uh, primarily because I feel like with just our new favorite, Freddie the Chef Kitchens, that they're going to take the training wheels off, so to speak, of this offense and really let things fly. Uh, it kind of helps that they're also playing a really bad Chiefs defense. Um, they're 27th in, in passing DVOA against tight ends per football ice outsiders, allowing 76 yards per game to the position. Um, and Joku kind of laid an egg last week. Uh, he was a possible candidate for the U help. No one's um, at least winning that title because tight ends so bleak. And uh, I, I just feel like he'll bounce back. I'm even plugging in Baker Mayfield in one uh, league in which you know, my guy, Red Rifle Redemption, has a uh, bye week. Damn, that's legit. I just submitted a fan duel lineup earlier th- earlier today with uh, Nick Chubb in it because I'm expecting the, the Browns to want to run the football in uh, Kansas City. Can't stop a nosebleed. So I'm hoping Nick Chubb gets a good game and, and gets him some points from a fan duel lineup. Yeah, and I heard something today that Todd Haley, uh, it was on some sort of sports show, that Todd Haley just has a habit of stunting the growth of young quarterbacks and not being a, a very good quarterback whisperer that our guy Andy Reid is. So um, I think this helps. Jordan, are you saying that Freddie could invite Mayf- uh, Freddie could invite Mayfield into the kitchen to learn how to bake? Yes, they are going to make something lovely for all of us. That was really good by me, even though I stumbled a little bit. That was really good. Uh, <laughs> Cue up the Kawhi laugh. Yay. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to these will be good games. And let's start with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers basing off against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Clark, who do you like? Who do you not like? So the... Chargers defense on paper has been pretty solid against opposing quarterbacks. They're kind of middle of the pack. I think they're 14th worst in points allowed to QBs, but they haven't played a real murderer's row of QBs. So they played Mahomes, who, yeah, he's good. 
Josh Allen, Jared Goff, who I contend is not good, but in a good system. CJ Beathard, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, and Marcus Mariota. So if you're middle of the pack against that group, I'm really excited to start Russell Wilson this week against the Chargers. So he's my not very sneaky start that I want to talk about. Uh, with the Chargers, I mean, I think you're starting Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen. I'm not really excited about Phillip Rivers, despite the losses the uh, Seahawks have had. They've still been pretty good at holding the other team to, to low scoring games. So if I can get away from my peripheral chargers, I will. And I'm really excited to have Russell Wilson starting during bye week again. No, Russell Wilson. That's a good call. I, I, I like what you're saying about Philip rivers, especially against a, a pretty, t- a pretty stingy Seattle defense in Seattle. I got Andrew Luck to fill in for Philip Rivers' bye last week, but now Luck is on a bye, so I need to go back to Rivers. But now I'm starting to think that maybe I'll take a peek into the waiver wire and try to snag someone. Like, do you, Clark, since this is your game to discuss, do you like Baker Mayfield against KC more than Philip Rivers against Seattle? No. Uh, I'd rather have something a little bit more sure instead of you know, kind of the hopeful, wistful mm-hmm. betting on Baker Mayfield. I, what I, about like Flacco against Pitt? Yeah, I, I would like that. I'd like Derek Carr against San Francisco better. Okay. I'd take okay. that Prescott against Tennessee. Uh, I'm just looking through the who's. Yeah, that's. I'm, I was just scrolling through mine right now and seeing and seeing who's, right, who's Patrick, available. Of course, if no one got really excited and wouldn't pick him up. Yeah, conjure up a little Fitz magic. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. I, I think I'm, I think I might, I might move on from Philip Rivers because he's, he's been kind of underwhelming, and this Seahawks defense, I think, is actually a lot better than people have been giving him credit for. Yeah, you're gonna go back to luck next week. Anyway. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, 100. Yeah, this is just a fill-in for the bye week. What's great about the uh, Russell Wilson start here is that the Seahawks offensive line has been sneaky good the past couple of weeks. Uh, he recently said. Um, I wish this would have come from Freddie, the chef kitchens. He says, I'm cooking steaks back there. Like he's <laughs> getting some time to throw the ball. And I love it. I love it too. Yeah. And I feel like, again, since we're talking narrative street, I feel like he's had his crappy games and allowed everyone to forget about him. And we're about to see every year, late season, Russell Wilson, MVP candidate. I think you're totally right. Clark. I think mean, that's a, that's, I think that's a really good point. I like that narrative. I'm on the street. I bought my bus bus pass to drive on down. Uh, let's move on to the Falcons taking on the team from Washington. Uh, Jordan, what do you like in this game? I like Tevin Coleman in this game. Kind of seems like an obvious pick to start a starting running back, but he's going to be my lock candy sucker uh, for Ooh. the week with 18 points. I'm, I'm raising the bar because last week he had – or before the bye week, I should say, he had 16 points. And I'm hoping that Atlanta just coming off the bye that they're able to figure out a little bit more. Um, So Washington is 22nd in rushing DVOA, and they're pretty good in the passing game. And I feel like Atlanta is going to really want to get that run game established to get the play action going so they can open up the field a little bit more for guys like Julio and Calvin Ridley. Um, but yeah, uh, Tevin Coleman has scored double-digit points in PPR in all but one game basically this year. And um, my lock is just that he raises the bar to his highest fantasy scoring output to 18 points. That's legit. That's making in PPR. Me, yeah, that's making me feel like my 10 points for Cortland Sutton was kind of a, a cheap number. Maybe I should have been a little more ballsy, but got to keep the streak alive. Yeah, and I feel like 
Adrian Peterson is staring down the barrel of 150, 175 yards this game also. Yes, I concur with that. I'm trying to right now see how many just you know give a little insight to what i'm doing i just can't find oh there there, there there's a gd because i was going to find i was trying to see how many t- receiving touchdowns the uh washington's defense has given up they've given up eight eight which is kind of like middle of the tier maybe even a little low uh because i was going to see whether or not this is finally the week that julio jones catches a touchdown at this point do you think julio is just like telling everyone like no 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 don't throw me a touchdown because i just want to set this like absurd record that will never be broken where I have 1500 yards receiving and lead the league in receptions and yet don't have a touchdown. If it's Julio versus the field, I'm taking the field every single time. Um, Washington is seventh against number one wide receivers and fifth against number two wide receivers. So no matter where they kind of move him around, he's going to, I guess he's not going to struggle because Julio Jones can, his, bar is like nine catches for 120 yards but it's it's a matter of him finding the end zone which i don't know if he will this week i don't know if he will ever let's move on to the detroit lions taking on the minnesota vikings um and actually what could be a really really good game the reason i think i had this and this will be a good game was just because I don't know. This Detroit's offense is going to look a lot different without Golden Tate, who is another person who got moved at the deadline. Those freaking Eagles, man, always making real smart trades at the deadline. Um, I had completely written them off in our playoff predictions, but now I feel like they could sneak on back in. Uh, Clark, uh, who are you starting or sitting in this game? So you mentioned it with Golden Tate moving on. All of the people who liked Marvin Jones, like myself, and all of the people who liked Kenny Galladay, uh, which is also myself and everyone else, finally gets the clear runway of let's get these two athletic freaks lined up outside next to each other instead of having to worry about an absolutely fantastic wide receiver who you can't ignore and so who is screwing one of them each week out of fantasy value. Uh, so I'm really excited, but of course you're starting those guys anyway. Um my start this week is Latavius Murray. Uh, if Cook is out again, Detroit is seventh worst against the run. And I feel like this is going to be a pretty close game. I feel like this is going to be a good game to watch because like Houston and Denver at a lower tier, I feel like these teams are really evenly matched. So it's going to be an entertaining game. I think both offenses are going to eat plenty. Uh, and I'd say even if Dalvin Cook starts, there might be enough for Latavius Murray there. So if you picked him up, go ahead and, Plug him in during this rough bye week, Mr. Murray. Yeah, the Vikings signing Latavius Murray, whatever it was, two off seasons ago, is now paying off like gangbusters. I mean, he was great last year, too, in replacement for when Dalvin Cook got injured. They also had Jarek McKinnon to kind of help fill in there, too. Uh, I uh, Dalvin Cook has been a real, a real sad story this season. Yeah. Latavius Murray, the definition of, he's fine. Yeah. And he is. Like it's a job done. The NFL is a running back. Like that's a huge compliment, but for fantasy, it's like, eh, yeah, he's had a couple very big games, but I feel like it's also kind of like, yeah, you hit some, you lose, you miss some, but yeah. My favorite thing about Latavius Murray is that he is just a sneaky six foot three. And I think that's hilarious. He looks every bit of it. When you watch him run, he a big boy. He does not get down. No, he. It was like watching Cordell Patterson running against against the Bills, where it's Cordell Patterson running up the middle, and he was just like doesn't know how to be a running back, and is just running upright like he's doing a kick returning. I still understand that. I totally. No one at running back. The Cordell Pat. Oh my god. (laughs) I liked it. 
I love it. Why not put him back there? He's a, he's a, another big guy who's wicked fast. And you're just like, good Lord, how did, how? Um, all right, let's move on to the last game. And these will be good games. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Ryan Fitzmagic uh, taking on the Carolina Panthers. And my play for this game is start OJ Howard. It's pretty simple. Uh, he's been a top 10 tight end in the last full five games that he's played. And the Panthers are allowing the most fantasy points to tight ends this season. Feel like I don't need any more justification than that. Uh, so I'll also give you another player. Start Devin Funches, since the Bucks have allowed a touchdown to every single number one receiver they faced, it, except for Julio Jones. Um, so Devin Funches is also a play for this this game. Over under two and a half quarters for Fitzpatrick this week. Ooh, ooh, that's good. That's good. I think the over. I think the Bucks. I think I just think this Bucks. I think two things. One, I think this Bucks offense is a lot more fun and explosive with Fitz Magic under center. And two, for whatever reason, I feel like Fitz Magic has a much longer leash than Jameis Winston. He might. I mean, mostly because Fitzpatrick. If they play him and he does well, everybody looks like a genius. But if he does bad, he's a backup. So right. they're like, oh well. Um, I really like the OJ Howard play specifically because um, Fitzpatrick seems to like OJ Howard more than um, Jameis liked Cameron Brait. So I feel like those targets that he was vulturing are going to be going directly down to OJ. Um, I also like my guy, Chris, the God Godwin in this uh, because he was balling out with Fitzpatrick as his quarterback. And I I like the magic back at the helm. I do love the magic back at the helm. Over under 12 games for Dirk Cotter. Does he survive the season? No, I don't think he survives the season. That's a good one. They look good. Terrible. I think look his fate is tied bad. to Jameis. And I don't think Jameis looks I think I think Jameis is one season away from being in the XFL. There's been some rumblings. He'll he's gonna play in the league for another nine years, but is he gonna be I'm trying to think of get he just He's had a long time to look good, and he hasn't. Like, him and Marcus Mariota both. Like, yeah, everybody's been kind of talking about their pedigree and at their best, but neither one of these guys is really turning out. No, no. And the thing with Mariota is Mariota, you can at least, like, you're just like, all right, maybe. I feel like Mariota people can, will make more excuses for, whereas Jameis, the, the biggest issue with Jameis is he just makes some truly boneheaded decisions where he's like getting sacked by three different guys and just throws the ball at the defense. And you're like, what are you doing? Jameis? Just take the sack. Don't throw it literally into the hands of the defender. Yeah. And you you need a Ben Roethlisberger type talent if you're going to get away with the sexual assault. So (laughs) fair point. That's also Mariota. Mariota has the crutch of he's injured all the time. So it's like, oh, do we really get to see what Mariota has been or is going to be? But uh, the debate, we've talked about this ad nauseum during the offseason about this these two quarterbacks. And yeah. the answer isn't one or the other. It is neither. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill has, has been writing that uh, he's been injured forever for his entirety of his NFL career. So Mariota's got another three years before the Titans have to make a decision on him if he's following in Ryan Tannehill's footsteps. Let's move on to the games of the week. We got three more to talk about, one from each of us. Let's start with you, Jordan. The Pittsburgh Steelers at Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Uh, who are you starting or sitting in this game? Um, 
Yeah, so more tight end talk. Uh, I really like Vance McDonald in this game. Um, so I, I would feel pretty comfortable about starting him against the Ravens, even though the Ravens are pretty solid everywhere else. They're 23rd in defensive DVOA against the tight end position. Um, so they're allowing around 65 yards per game to tight ends, which is, it's fine. I mean, it's kind of up there in that Kansas City territory. Um, could be a typical bruising AFC North battle as well, which uh, for me, I feel like that translates into a lot of dump down passes for Ben Roethlisberger because that Baltimore, uh, our defensive line and the way they can blitz and get off the quarter, get after the quarterback, even Terrell Suggs at his advanced age is just pretty remarkable. So I'm imagining a lot of receptions for Vance McDonald coming his way. These games are always so freaking great. I just, <laughs> this, I, I do love these games, but a part of me really yearns for the Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu years where those guys, it would just come down and like Ray Lewis, I guess was also involved, but I don't really love talking about Ray Lewis um, because we talk about getting away with sexual assault. You also got away with murder. Um, but also uh, I feel, I felt like the games always kind of came down to like one of those two guys making just an absurd play. Uh, and I and I just loved I loved watching Troy Polamalu. I feel like Troy Polamalu is going to get kind of lost in history, maybe. But I absolutely am obsessed with that guy. Yeah, do, we, do we think James Conner gets you a hundred? I mean, I think we do because the Ravens have been so tough to running backs. But I think it's going to be kind of a compared to what you've been getting out of James Conner, going to be a kind of disappointing week. Yeah, I think this is going to be a slugfest, um, and I'm fully on board with it. On the flip side. Los Angeles Rams heading to New Orleans to take on the Saints. This game is going to be guns out, thuns out, suns out, buns out, fire everything at once. Uh, you play everyone in this game. I mean, good Lord. The Saints are looking legit. The Rams are looking legit. This is, I think, could be the closest game for the Rams. I mean, they almost lost to the Packers. This game could could bring them down uh, and, and give them their first loss of the season. You play everyone, but I don't want to just say you play everyone. So I'm also going to give you guys a sit. And that person is Mark Ingram. Uh, he needs to score to be fantasy relevant. And outside of the Washington game, he hasn't been doing that. He's been RB 37 and RB 28 the last two weeks. And he's been held under 100 yards from scrimmage uh, for the last since last year. Seven straight games. Uh, I feel like this is, like I said at, at the top of this, this is going to be a shootout. This is going to be a offensive juggernaut game, and I think the Saints are going to need to throw the ball to stay in this, and thus it's going to be a big Kamara game, and I don't necessarily see Mark Ingram being someone who, if you're debating between him and uh, Latavius Murray or, or, or Tevin Coleman, players we've already talked about who are kind of in that same tier, I feel like you start those guys over Mark Ingram. Yeah, I feel like I'm, we've kind of made this estimation all year, but this one definitely for sure feels like a, a first uh, 38 is going to win the game. And we I said think, that like about one game each week. We're like, this is the game. This is it. Um, <laughs> but no, this is definitely – it's a, a shame that we couldn't get this on like Monday night or something. Um, this one's yeah. going to be a barn burner. I, I do kind of agree with uh, letting Mark Ingram take a backseat because I feel like just – I, I hate this phrase, but game script is going to dictate that Alvin Kamara be the primary running back because they're just going to they're just gonna need to do that. Yeah, I feel robbed for my staff pick of the Green Bay Packers finally defeating the Rams last week. So I am doubling down saying that the Saints edge the Rams 
this week. So we'll see. You were close. You were very close. You and you and who else had it? He Montgomery. Ugh. Yeah, Ty. Um, yeah, NFL. Let's uh let's flex some of that authority that you have. Uh, I know I know you love doing that, Roger Goodell, when you're like, hey, don't forget me. I've got a shit ton of power. Flex some of that authority and let's bump the uh Tennessee Cowboys game to the middle of Sunday and let's put this game Monday night because this is the game people will turn out to see. Uh, not those goddamn Cowboys. I don't care if Jerry Jones is, uh, has naked photos of you, Roger Goodell. Let's, let's get him out of prime time. Yeah. I really don't want to hear Jason Witten talk about the Cowboys. Oh, that's going to be bad. Last game of the weekend. This will be a good game. Sunday night football. The green Bay Packers take on the new England Patriots, a battle between Jordan and myself, a battle between Becca and myself, a true showdown as to which quarterback should be wearing the number 12. Clark, what do you got? And this, this is kind of like the shit show games in that there's not a lot to say about this one. Like you're starting anybody that you're thinking about starting. Uh, this is my lock of the week. Rob Gronkowski finally gets into the end zone after the Patriots struggled last week. I think someone in the meeting room is going to say, why don't we throw it to the giant left tackle who plays tight end for us and has silky soft hands? If he's only going to get 10 snaps, let's go ahead and do that. Uh, so yeah, I've got Brady rekindling his threesome with Rob Gronkowski in the end zone this week. <laughs> sort of sneaky start is Josh Gordon again, because I don't feel like this is going to be a 15 to 12 game. So I think everybody's going to eat here. So get him in. Just get in everybody for this game, like the Saints and the Rams. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited for this game. I think this is, and I think what's nice about it, the Patriots always show up for big games, and so like I, I'm not too worried about their performance uh, against the Bills last week. But I feel like Green Bay is after that Rams game is kind of like getting their shit together, like getting the pieces in order and like getting their kind of rest of the season game plan going. And so I feel like both teams are meeting each other at like a great time, which I'm very excited about because I feel like this easily could have been, you know, someone was banged up or Aaron Rodgers didn't have all his weapons or the Tom Brady, you know, like there were some other narratives going on, but I feel like both teams, both offenses are healthy. Both defenses are hit or miss. Uh, and so I think it's going to come down to, you know, which defense makes a play at the last second. And uh, you guys just traded away your best safety. Our best safety had a pick six. So, I mean, I'm not saying the Pats are going to win, but the Pats seem like they're going to win. Yeah, I I would like the pick, first of all, because I, I don't know who is going to cover Gronk. I've been advocating for the Packers to draft a um, a quick linebacker or a quick safety for that specific reason to cover tight ends and running backs, but they just don't have that guy. And I think... Gronk might see a lot of Jermaine Whitehead, which is scary to me. Um, this matchup is going to be great, though. I feel like it's LeBron and KD, whenever they meet each other on the court, like they just want to one-up each other and prove who's the best. And I feel like that's what Aaron and Tom Brady are going to do, just despite all of the nice shit that they're saying to each other this week and about each other. Like, oh, if, if Aaron Rodgers had Bill, he'd have 7,000 yards. And, oh, Tom Brady has all those Super Bowls. Like, no, they're going to want to get on the field and beat each other. Yeah. 
And the two things that I'm excited for is one, the uh, Packers defense is going to give up a lot of dink and dunks, which Brady's just going to pick them apart. And two, the Patriots defense is going to give up a lot of big plays and Rogers is going to have some gorgeous throws. It's going to be a good game. I'm excited. Let's uh, let's we do this occasionally. Let's pick this game. Let's pick this game. Uh, Clark, we'll start with you. Who's winning? And if you would to be so bold with a score, throw it out there. Whose friend do you want to be for another? Week? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a tie here. Uh, I always like to root for the underdog, so I'm going to say Green Bay wins in a stunner, 35 to 28. Um, hang on, I'm I'm looking up at the the spread for this game. That usually gives me a good idea of what I want the score to be. Obviously, I'm picking the Packers to win this oh, because oh, okay. I'm not so going worried. to. Oh, there's there's no spread for it right now. Um, I think I'm going to take the Packers 32 to 27. Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to take the Patriots, and I am going to take them. Uh, I think it's going to be still a very offensive-minded game with a lot of excitement and a lot of fun. Somehow I feel like in these games, sometimes the scores don't always match up to the offensive display that was put on. So I feel like it's going to be something like uh, 28 24 or 28 20 let's do 28 25 yeah i wouldn't be surprised if i mean both of these coaches are going to stick to a game plan and they're going to beat the hell out of that game plan until the end of the game when the game is just way too close and then they're gonna start unleashing hell so watch that fourth quarter yeah Tune in for that if you're not watching i need to know does geronimo allison bounce back or is that just never gonna happen again um, I, I still am of the mindset that he has like a lingering hamstring issue. Um, that's, what's been plaguing him the past couple weeks and the bye week wasn't enough to get, um, him back healthy. But if you're thinking about playing Geronimo Allison, I would probably wait another week or so to just to make sure that's the case. Not what I wanted to hear Jordan. <laughs> Sorry. He's changing his pick now. Clark's now rooting for the Patriots. That's right. I, I, I know we need wide receivers this week, but. There you go. There are your week nine starts and sits occasionally thrown in there. Um, Make sure to follow us or make sure to listen. What am I saying? Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and on Stitcher. Uh, Make sure to give us a rating, a review, say nice things about us because we love hearing nice things. Plus, we want to, you know, we're a podcast for the people. If you you enjoy us or do think that there's things that we could do differently or things that we should introduce or whatnot, let us know. We'll be happy to do those things. Uh, I do want to say, I know I've already started our kind of sign-off, but I wanted to quickly say uh, congrats to Clark for single-handedly, just without a doubt, winning the Walter Sobchak uh, Halloween costume off. There, I mean, thank you. Credit to, like, Nick, you did all right, but credit where credits do that was a fantastic costume of a beard at 80 pounds it's it's a fantastic you looked both you and the guy who played who is the dude all both look fantastic i feel like the dude carried me i mean you carried the dude but agree to disagree uh make sure to follow us on twitter at rb1 podcast follow myself at pete m rogers follow clark at nfl clark follow jordan at jordan underscore smith 27 uh i don't know if captain america has a twitter handle but if he does make sure to follow him at captain america uh, 1776 i feel like that would be his handle uh, what is twitter? sorry sorry cap i'll tell i'll tell you about it at the next uh, rogers reunion that you attend uh 
Good luck, everyone, this weekend. Uh, tune in next week on Tuesday. We'll be talking about all kinds of fun stuff. And on until then, peace.